Ladies and gentlemen, our guest is the amazing Elsa Mwambo, born and bred from the beautiful nation of Zambia. She's an entrepreneur who founded Els Phenomena, a business-to-business and business-to-client platform. Whilst not forgetting, she's a famous content creator and a world-renowned model here in China. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sanin Podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, um, Elsa, um, okay, a lot of people know you, but obviously there will be people who listen to this and may not know you. So who is Elsa and what do you do? Describe yourself. Um. Okay, so I'm Elsa Mamboy and I'm from Zambia. I'm currently in Winja City. I'm doing my master's in applied economics uh, in entrepreneurship management. I'm a model and um, content creator and a business owner. Okay. Uh, you see, um, over the, like ever since we started this podcast, we have interviewed people who are entrepreneurs and their businesses. And we, I really admire people who start up something in the area of making business because I believe China is a place for opportunity in that area. And you have um, a business business platform called Els Phenomenal. So would you give me an insight about it? What is Els Phenomenal and what do you do? Um, so, okay, basically Els Phenomenal is an online store um, uh, which aims to connect small business owners to manufacturing companies that produce variety of products, including machinery, um, electrical products, etc. Now, on the other hand, we also sell simple products that people can easily access you know um so any regular customer can buy okay and what was your inspiration for starting this for going to this area business to business mm. um i think the inspiration behind else phenomenal is um well me being a b2b lead generation uh specialist uh, who has cooperated with variety of international trade companies that produce variety of products. I noticed there's a barrier in communication and culture differences between the clients and the actual company, it might be the manufacturing company. And most of these clients from were from all over the world, you know, including India, um, Middle East, let's just say Middle East, uh, Europe, America. So they found it hard to communicate with the with the main people here, the owners of the companies, because, you know, they were Chinese. So, for example, I remember I once cooperated with an electrical company that gave me strict rules not to talk to any client from India. I don't know why. Like, this guy, he hated India so much. So I found this very strange, you know. Because I'm the kind of person who uh, I don't like leaving any stone unturned. I believe in reaching out to everyone because you never know who would be a potential buyer. So this made me think to myself, why not come up with something, use this opportunity, come up with something to connect clients from all over the world um, to various uh, manufacturing companies in China and be the middleman, you know, help them kill this barrier help them connect them to these manufacturing uh, facilities and yeah start helping them and that's how else phenomena was born <laughs> um so with the skills i learned 
from these international trade companies, um, I now use them to generate leads for various manufacturing companies. So in this case, Els Phenomeno offers uh, B2B services. So we're connecting clients to manufacturers. Now, on the other hand, we also offer B2C at some point because we have regular customers, both in China and outside China, uh, who, for example, I have friends from outside China who don't have access to uh, platforms like Taobao and Pindodo, and they would like to get stuff there. So Else Phenomeno comes in and we help them. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So if someone is, let's say, in my country, Uganda, and wants to buy something and they contact you, is it possible? It's like, very, is, very is, possible. Are people in Africa, Uganda, your target market? Or is China, basically? Um, currently, our target market is um, Zambia. Currently, we're... The people, the Zambians are the ones reaching out the most, but we want to target other countries as well. I've had uh, a few from Malawi reaching out, uh, South Africa, uh, and the like. Now, for countries like Uganda, um, I remember there's someone who reached out, and when we started, we started negotiations, but then my the express company that we were using would not ship to their country, which was very, very unfortunate um when i tried to find another express company they said um we could only do it through dhl and you know dhl is quite expensive imagine someone wants to buy a big machinery like may maybe a washing machine and they want to ship it through dhl that would be super expensive so we're trying we're still trying to find ways to uh reach out to other companies and um uh, find express companies that would reach to almost all parts of africa okay okay that's nice that's nice i really love that initiative um so what have been your successes so far at else phenomenal your highlight while doing business uh well that's a great question actually since we just started currently <laughs> currently um i think we've been successful in uh connected with uh, so many manufacturing uh, facilities. Honestly, I didn't expect the response I got from some of the manufacturing companies and some of the uh, friends who were ready to cooperate. So now we're just working on building trust with the clients, you know. We want them to know that we're not a scam. <laughs> they can trust us. That's the only thing we want. We, we want to show them that this is real. They can trust us. And uh, with the ones we've already cooperated with, we hope that they will spread the news by word of mouth so, so that they can testify that this is not a scam. And it is safe to trust us and cooperate with us. We're not cheating them. The products match the hype. Wow, indeed, indeed. It would really be nice if... Um... I don't know why Uganda they didn't go to. I don't, is it because it's landlocked? I don't know. But no, actually, Zambia is also landlocked. So I, I'm still trying to figure out why, though. Yeah. <laughs> but even even though I know with, with months time everything will work out, everything yeah. will really work out. I hope so. Okay. Um. Now to the part where I think um you're quite known here in China is your content creation. I remember when I first saw one of your videos, it was like, I think around November last year. And 
you have this thing where you act a specific video or TikTok or, or, or skit and you kind of make it your own and you know you, you, you just do some stuff with um with, with that creativity and it's really nice though and i just want to say um is that your hobby when you're doing that thing do you do it as a hobby or do you have that interest in acting um well you or could both <laughs> you can actually say it's a hobby oh both. <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, I actually didn't expect the reaction I got from the TikTok videos, especially on WeChat channels, because even when people meet me in person, they're like, okay, this is strange. The Elsa on TikTok is so different from the Elsa we see in person. The Elsa we see in person is, you know, um, not so open and quiet. But when we go to TikTok, this one has a sense of humor and she's acting some type of way. <laughs> So it came, it, it it shook the people around me, but those who are close to me, they know, okay, Elsa has a sense of humor and, you know, sometimes she behaves in a certain way. Her character is like um, a cartoon character sometimes because I grew up watching a lot of cartoons. So you could say it, it came from that. Um, I remember I started making the TikTok videos when I was going through quite a rough patch in my life um so I needed a distraction I already had TikTok in my hands I was watching other TikTokers but you know I never thought of making uh, a video myself so then I just thought about it and I remember the first video I made the first videos I made were three videos uh the first video was um the video in which I uh, I danced a Zambian, a tra Zambian traditional dance on a Nigerian song. And I remember I took out um, my, my Zambian traditional rapper, the Chitenge. I'm sure in your country you call it Kitenge, right? Yeah, Kitenge. <laughs> yeah. I ripped it in two, made a two-piece outfit, brought out my beads, jewelry, uh, put that on, put on some makeup, and then there it was <laughs> and that's how it started and with time i navigated to the funny videos and uh i saw the response was quite good and i started enjoying it and kept making more and more wow and and would you want to be an actor because i think you're good to be an actor an actress yes actually i i i do hope that you know i could um feature in some movies in the future in the near future so, yeah, I do hope I get some acting opportunities in the future. Wow. And and when you're starting, would you, would you think that it would blow you this big, like, everyone kind of knows you, recognizable from your videos, your hobby? I didn't. I didn't think so. Because I started posting my videos on Facebook uh, and Instagram. I would only post to a small group of people, you know, my friends, my schoolmates. And then someone, it was someone's idea that I should take it to which are channels and YouTube. Though YouTube, I'm still skeptical about that. I've not yet started posting on YouTube. But someone said, you should take these videos to which are channels and YouTube. But for now, 
just on WeChat channels and the response was quite good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Okay. By the way, uh, it really entertains us, by the way. Some days we're tired, we're having a rough day, we see your skits and yeah. I'm glad it does. I'm glad it does. Yeah, yeah I honestly. Do, I try to look at um current situations foreigners are facing in China. You know, the the common situations someone could be facing, and I put that in some of the skits. Um, um mostly some of them that I make about relationships in China and mm. the good Russian waves uh, when you're a first year student, those good Russian waves when you first arrive in China. So all that, I put that in and yeah, make something out of it. Okay. And then the other aspect of your career, your modeling career. Um, You're the first model that we're having on our podcast. So first give us an, first give us an outlook on your modeling career and then the modeling industry in China. Um, so when it comes to modeling in, in China, um, I think it's very diverse in the sense that there are a variety of industries you can work in. You can work with hair, clothes, shoes, belts, different kinds of products, you know. But the most interesting part, my, especially um, uh, when it comes to uh, body types, this is my favorite part. There is no limitation as to which body size you have. You can be a plus size model and still model in China. I don't think that's common or even possible when it comes to places like Europe, you know. Um, I think this is a good thing because it's more like they are acknowledging each body type, which is very good. There's no body shaming whatsoever. Any body type can be a model you can model in for whatever product now the first time i came to china i came with a dream to become a model in china i started from how i was like <laughs> when i go to china i want to be a model and in the beginning you know i was a bachelor student i did try to find some modeling opportunities but it wasn't that easy to be honest um I remember my pictures were not good enough. I would call my friends to take pictures of me, but still some agents say, nah, this is not good enough. I wasn't tall enough for some agents. And I also remember being scammed. Oh my God. Really? You know, yeah. You're just new in China and you're so, you're desperate. You know, I want to be a model. I've been scammed several times. I don't know how many Please. 600 yuan, 700 yuan I've lost trying to <laughs> get into modeling, wow. you know, until I met some agents that said, you don't have to pay to become a model. What is wrong with you people? And this was me and my friends who were all scammed. So it wasn't, it wasn't so easy, to be honest. And... um. But I never gave up. Despite all this, I never gave up. I still wanted to model. So I just started networking. Uh, when I got in contact with different international trade companies, um, I looked at their products and we started cooperating. I remember I started with jewelry. And um, there was also shoes for both men and women because they said I, I, I fit both in the masculine category and the feminine category. So um, these people are the ones who helped me improve my image. And that's how it started. 
Now, I can't, I can't say that I am, you know, the high class kind of model, even the middle class. I'm not on that level. I'm just starting. But um, yeah. hopefully I can hit uh, some of these big cities where I hear modeling is really hot. Cities like Guangzhou and Shanghai, uh, as well as Hangzhou. And my current dream is to walk on the runway. I really want to do that. So I hope everything goes well. <laughs> you will, you will, you will. Um, I want to say that, um, so like, what advice would you give someone who wants to model, who wants to go in that area? Say, uh, to begin, just uh, to become a model, you just need some really good pictures you make a model card and then you market yourself. Don't only so it's target... basically about ma marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yourself out there. Let them know that you are valuable. Let them see you. And don't only limit yourself to, oh, I need to find an agent from Shanghai, Hangzhou. There are many companies within your area, city, that are willing to cooperate with you depending on what kind of product they're trying to sell out there. In fact, these companies are looking for foreigners to actually work with so that they can advertise their products out there. So and, and, and earlier you had spoken about scamming and all that. So how does someone uh, self-guard themselves from, from those things of scamming, from those agencies? Um, One thing I can say for sure is you shouldn't pay to become a model. Just don't give out money to become something. They are the ones who should give you money. You you shouldn't pay anyone to become something. It's don't don't accept that. Just be more careful uh, and mindful the people you uh, associate with on these social media uh, platforms. You know these days there's also human trafficking, so you need to to be extra careful. Someone can also uh, put out an advert out there saying we need models. Maybe let's say someone says you you have to go to Vietnam or you have to go to Thailand. What? That, that's, it's going, you, you're going to be skeptical about that because you know, that's, that's quite strange. This person is looking for people in China. You, you know that they're, they're targeting someone who's naive and they're just trying to, you know, do something yeah 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 that's very unfortunate wow soon soon we shall see you in the runway uh would you want to go for miss world <laughs> i wouldn't mind <laughs> i wouldn't mind <laughs> okay no well, we shall root for you we shall jail <laughs> <laughs> okay um you're the first lady on this podcast um and next week is the woman's day um so um first things first um are you a feminist also uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to this topic this topic is a very hot topic it's a very hot and sensitive topic yeah let's, so, let's share let's talk i like to put myself on the safe side so in this okay. case <laughs> okay huh? put yourself on the safe side because there'll also be feminists listening to this and there'll be those who anti-feminists also listening exactly i don't want to be attacked so i want to put myself in the category of the modern day confused women struggling with identity so uh -huh. i'm against the modern day women confused women struggling with identity 
we're still trying to find our identity. But here's my thoughts and views on these topics. Personally, I, I don't believe men are equal to women. I believe men have a role to play in society. And so do women. I believe men have been wired differently biologically from women. Now, um, personally, I am in favor of traditional feminism. And uh, traditional feminism in the 19th century and early 20th century, around that time, uh, women were mostly fighting for rights to own property, um, go to school, equal pay for equal work, that kind of stuff. Now, I am in favor of this because um, there are some life situations I have witnessed firsthand in which I strongly feel such kind of, like women empowerment is, is important. Uh, there's a situation where I witnessed a couple married for 15 years. The woman is not empowered. She doesn't know anything about women empowerment. She probably does, hasn't even heard about feminism whatsoever. So maybe she's not even, she, maybe she wasn't even educated. So this woman is married to this man for 15 years, gives him children. She's always there for him. She does everything that a woman, a wife is supposed to be. She gives her whole life to this man. And then suddenly at some point in life, she makes one mistake and it's unforgivable to the man. This man decides to leave her. Now, when he decides to leave her, he decides to punish her. He, he has the intention that he needs to punish her. So he strips her off of everything he's provided for her. He has been her provider for all the years in, uh, in uh, her life uh, being married to him. He has provided for her, given her everything she needed. And then when now she, he divorces her, he decides to strip her off of everything. And she remains with nothing. She, she's, she's, she's drained mentally. She's drained physically. And she has nothing. This woman gets stuck. She has nowhere to turn to. She has, she has no knowledge about women empowerment. So she doesn't even know where to start from trying to find something or do something. So she's stuck and she's just mentally depressed. And so such situations where men want to destroy women. And this is not the only situation. I've had my own personal situations where uh, uh, a man would want to think that they, 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 a man wants to just destroy a woman in some way to prove a point, you know, to punish a woman in some way. I've, there are so many situations that I can talk about. So in these kinds of situations, this this is where I I support women empowerment. Now coming down to modern day feminism, <laughs> this one. Uh, <laughs> Modern day feminism, uh, I feel like it has taken a wrong turn. Uh, it has become extreme in a way. Uh, 
hence there's a lot of confusion i feel like there's a lot of confusion in society right now i feel like modern day feminism portrays women as these endangered endangered species they are vulnerable and weak personally i don't want to be viewed as vulnerable that would kill my self-esteem so modern day feminism seems to encourage women to sexually liberate themselves uh, in order to be considered as rational. I don't know if you've heard of these um, hypersexual movements. There's one on Instagram that uh, with the hashtag free the nipple. It's a movement, a hypersexual movement. And I think it encourage it's like women having the freedom, you know, to strip off naked, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and this is not only on social media. It's not only on social media. There's some musicians I can quote their songs. I know their songs to be singing about, hey, these men are trying to tell me to cover up my um my breasts and I don't want to, that kind of thing. So women refusing to cover up certain parts of their body in the name of freedom. What's that? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? That's not liberation. We're supposed to respect our bodies. So this is why I am I'm not in favor of modern feminism. I am not in favor of modern feminism. Now, on the other hand, women empowerment, it has its good sides and its bad sides. Um my own thoughts on this, let's say um, I'll give an example of a woman who is leading a very big company, yeah? Yeah. By the way, women make uh, good leaders. It's been statistically proven that women give uh, make good leaders because of their fem uh, feminine characteristics such as empathy and collaboration. Because you see women... Uh, nurturing creatures in nature uh, that's just how they were created now this woman is a leader of a big company let's say she's married and she has children so this woman has to fulfill her role as the leader of this big company that she's trying to manage and she has to fulfill her role as a wife and as a mother so imagine um, she has a nine-to-five kind of job. She goes to work every morning and comes back at five. She probably comes back very tired. Let's say because she's a boss, she even stays late at work. Maybe she comes back home around eight and finds the husband is already home. She's not home making dinner for her husband. She's not there to... Um, to be there for her kids. Maybe she even finds that her kids are even, they've already gone to, to bed. So she has no time to spend with her kids. She comes back home and she's tired and she's exhausted. She has to fulfill her duty as a wife. Maybe the husband um, uh, wants to have sex with her that, that night, but she can't, she's tired. She has she can't fulfill that role as a wife, you know, because she's tired and the the husband is not being fed by her because I personally I believe because of a woman's nature as a wife, she there's something about a woman feeling her role 
as a wife to her husband in the way she she takes care of him you know the way she feed him you know those little little things mean so much even though they're taken for granted so she'll be exhausted if she has a nine to five job and she's a little a company she'll be so exhausted that she won't be able to fulfill her role as a wife and as a mother um to the right extent these are the sides i think um these are some of the reasons i think um women empowerment to some extent is not so you know yeah um on the other hand i use this example because i've experienced something similar when i was doing my bachelor's degree i i was um uh working in an international trade company it was a 9 to 6 job i remember i would go in the morning and come back around 6 i'm tired i'm exhausted all i want to do is sleep that's all i want to do so meaning i'll pa- when i come back i'll pass through a restaurant get uh food somewhere so that i can just come home warm my food eat it and sleep and then one night i thought to myself i'm like i can't imagine how stressed and tired i would be if i was a if i was a wife and a mother i'm not even a leader of this company i'm just going there to work but when i come back i'm so exhausted i was seated in the office the whole day on the same chair the whole day and then i need to come back home to to fulfill my duties as a wife and a mother that is just exhausting and there i was like i need to plan my life properly i need i need to plan my life properly you know so these are some of the things that make me think uh women empowerment to some extent is woof is is not so good but to be honest this this is a long and hot topic and i just rushed through it. there's so much involved in this topic to be honest uh, i don't i don't even know if you got the illustrations but oh uh, my god just... i understood i definitely understood uh, <laughs> yeah. i just here quiet listening but personally you know personally i'm trying to work on on being identified as feminine in society because honestly speaking in as much as i can try to be this superhero woman you know boss lady there there are some to some extent there is a point where i'm just like uh uh-uh, uh i need i need a masculine figure in my life there's oh, yeah, just yeah. i yeah like i i just think i'm like uh uh-uh. i really do need i don't want i need a masculine figure in my life so i'm working on being identified as feminine so what message would you give your daughter if you had a daughter <laughs> what would you tell her yeah um personally i would groom my daughter to be as feminine as possible but i would tell her the truth i would tell her the truth that men are not equal to women that's the truth i would tell her that's the first truth i would tell her and i would also tell her that you're going to meet you're going to meet 
uh, a group of masculine men out there who misuse that role. They want to use that power to destroy you in some way. Be ready for those, but don't let them kill your femininity. That's that's what I would tell my daughter. I've had my own share, and I would definitely tell her that. Don't let them kill your femininity. They are there. They are toxic, masculine men out there who aim to just destroy women, to, to step on women, to... Mm. Ah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> hey Elsa. Okay, we are we are out of that topic. Um my second last question would be um judging by your experiences in China and the work you do, um, what would be your, your message to the youth back home? Um my message to the youth would be uh keep your spirits up, embrace your uniqueness. Uh, self-awareness is very important um, go out there meet people the right kind of people make the right kind of uh, network you accomplish a lot through that if you get the right kind of network you walk in places you never thought you'd walk you dine with people you never thought you'd dine with um, they should keep mo moving forward don't give up uh if you have something in mind, you have an idea in mind, you want to start, start it. Start it. Don't uh, mind the reasons. Uh, don't um, mind the reasons of uh, maybe you're having second thoughts saying um, because of financial reasons, I can't start it up. Just start. When you start, you've already overcome the, the hardest part. Yeah and keep trying when you fail get up try again even if it's for the hundredth time keep moving forward okay and and to close this episode um you're from zambia so what makes you a proud zambian convince me to, to visit zambia though i really want to visit zambia <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh what makes me a proud zambian oh Okay, I love my country so much. I love my country. I love my country people. We have an amazing culture. Oh my God. We have a rich history. Uh, um, Zambia is a blessed country endowed with variety of natural resources, minerals, water bodies, and amazing things and the zambian people are very friendly people zambian people are really nice people and um zambia has enjoyed um uh, a peace we've lived in peace for a very 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 long time so zambia is a very peaceful country and you when you come to zambia when you visit Zambia, you have to see the Mosotunia, the Victoria Falls. I'm sure you've heard of this, right? Yeah, I have to. I have to. Yeah. So, uh, Zambia is very famous for the Victoria Falls, the one we share with uh, Zimbabwe. An amazing place to be, uh, to visit. And we also have um, beautiful traditional cultural ceremonies that celebrate different kinds of 
uh, interesting customs and rituals. <laughs> um, I remember just a few days ago, the Ngoni people who are an offshoot of the Zulu. These left South Africa under the rule of Shaka Zulu many years ago. They were celebrating the Chola ceremony. Um, they were thanking their God for good harvest in their land, as well as the many battles they fought as they moved from South Africa. Now, the interesting part about this ceremony, this is another, if you visit and you want to see some of our traditions, you know, I think the Nchwala ceremony is a good uh, ceremony to attend because of what happens at the ceremony. It's weird, but it's tradition. There's a lot of dancing, interesting dances. That's my favorite part, done by the men and the women, especially, or men and the boys, sorry. And then the, the Ngoni warriors uh, slaughter a black bull in the main arena, in the main arena during the ceremony with spears, and then they serve the chief with fresh blood, which is quite interesting. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the theory behind that, <laughs> but it's very interesting. And then Zambia has amazing food. Uh, our staple food is uh, shima. I'm sure. I think you, you have it in East Africa. It's called ugali. And yeah, yeah. Mm. And then the southern part of Africa is yes, South Africa, Zimbabwe, they call it pap, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. We call it in Shima. <laughs> and we have, um, we have amazing traditional drinks. We have munkoyo, fermented, uh, fermented porridge. It's just, Zambia is just amazing. It's a beautiful country. It's worth visiting. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, you've convinced me already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay Elsa thank you for coming to the podcast I really enjoyed this conversation thank uh, you so much for having me <laughs> thank you so much